Hey everyone, welcome back to the Possum University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're discussing therapy dogs. What are they? How does your dog become one? And uh, yeah, all that good stuff and more coming up next. I don't know what's happening anymore. You're having a rough time. So last week, it took four tries to get the intro. This week, it was six tries, right? I think that was seven. Every time I say Possum University, it comes out like I'm trying to swallow an eight ball. (laughs) Not cocaine. I mean, literally billiards. (laughs) You know what's funny? What? I never really did drugs. So like literally, I thought billiards, but most people probably thought. I, I haven't <laughs> done cocaine either, but all right. So we're starting this episode off weird, a weird way. Hi, everyone. Therapy dogs. We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. We've never dug in deep. Um, and Oakley just had his scout night. He did. Last night, he which did. made me think of like, all right, we never really talked in depth about uh, therapy dogs and what they are, why they're different. How did your dog become one? What do they do for people? You know, all of that stuff. What are they a protected class for under um, the American with Disabilities Act? Things like that. So I wanted to really touch on that and get the people what they want. Because I think I, a lot of people reach out to us about having their dog become a therapy dog. Absolutely. And I think that process starts with a really good assessment. Yes. And I also think people get very confused between the different types of therapy. well we'll get there yeah and we're we'll gonna get, get there. there so i want everybody to know we're gonna go over the difference between like a service dog therapy dog but like what what is a therapy dog a therapy dog is a dog that gives mostly emotional support for adults kids what have you um in what kind of setting it depends i mean it, it's a wide variety but you know um Lots of schools, um, programs for uh, special needs, um, rehab facilities, um, hospitals, hospitals, nursing homes, you know, places like Veteran that. Veteran centers. Yes. Anywhere where people might be in need of like a pick-me-up or yeah. some, some therapy, but not like Motivation. literal therapy. Right. Yeah. So a therapy dog is not an emotional support animal. An emotional, so the handler, the person on the other side of the leash of a therapy dog does not need their services. They are there yes. to handle that dog, to bring them to people who do need the, those services. So a therapy dog is not a service dog. Neither is an emotional support animal. Sorry to break it it's to everybody. Not, it's not. And that's um, why we're going to get into that. But I right. like that you said that because when I said they give support, it's support for other people. It's not the person who is handling the dog. When I have Oakley, I mean, I love him, but I don't need his support at that moment. Right. <laughs> you Good know, like we're, we're there for other people and that's his job. Right. Um, and he knows that. He loves and it. And he tunes in. So like when he's, I've seen him in action. You do all the therapy work. I don't do any, I did it a few times with you, but that's really yours and I'm Oakley's I'm his certified thing. handler. Right. Yes. So I'll accompany you from time to time, especially if we're doing like a speaking event. Mm-hmm. But I see it in action and he doesn't come to you. He doesn't need mm-hmm. you. He he will give all of his attention to everybody else. He knows he's there for other people. The only time he comes to me is when we're like off on our own because they have us like sitting in a chair and he's like, mom, mom, there's kids. 
Mom. Did you see that? Are you getting this? Mom. Usually <laughs> if like it's been a while. looking at me and like putting his head on my lap. And he's like, Mo, I want to go play with the kids. And I'm like, we're getting there, buddy. We're getting there. Don't worry. Because most, when you're doing it with the kids, most of those start with like an assembly. Yes. Other than like last night. Last night was like a really good group. Uh, it was like John said, scout night. So it was Girl Scouts. And we went to the SPCA where we are certified through. Um, it was great. It was a really nice group of kids. It was two separate scouts but they're they're like siblings like the way that they do it like it's like the older siblings and like the younger siblings but it was nice it was it was all kids that really wanted to be there and it was it was less forced than like a school assembly if you would that's the monmouth county spca yes which you and oakley are certified through yes i am not oakley's handler no so that's all you um yeah so how how does a dog become a therapy dog? I guess is everybody's question because a lot of people, like I said, come to us because they want their dog to be a therapy dog. But there's a lot of moving parts involved. Everything from is your dog even a good candidate? What kind of training do they need? What kind of tests do they need to pass? What kind of insurance is needed so that you need to get in under a program mm-hmm. to work under a program who's going to provide you insurance and provide you, I guess you could call them gigs or, you know. Mm-hmm jobs and, to and go your do certification like you're certified through that program that's giving you right. the insurance as well right so there's a lot of moving parts because um you know we need to protect the patients and so many people will say oh i i was interested in having my dog trained to be a therapy dog and we see the dog and it's like no <laughs> hard pass your dog wants to bite people your, your dog your dog doesn't but like they're kids so good and wants to me. bite kids <laughs> yeah they're good with you because they love you but they're terrified of people and children right so i was going to ask you to see if you had a copy of like the test the the actual practical test that needs to be done so that we can go through each item i don't, I don't have that in front of me but i remember the majority of it um, so this is f- through the SPCA. I don't know what program they use or if they wrote their own program. I think they wrote their own. I, but I think it's kind of across the board. I think most therapy programs kind of follow this this basic outline of requirements. Right. Um, it's it, And it makes sense. So um, essentially a therapy dog needs to be bomb-proof. They need to be a year old at least. So any, any dog under a year old won't be able to be certified. Um, but they need to go through and be de- de- almost desensitized to certain things. So in the training. In the training, for sure. So Oakley went through a, a few classes. Like the SPCA offers classes for, for therapy certification, but you don't need to take the classes to be certified. Like if Oakley was perfect and never did a class at the SPCA, but I still wanted to certify him. I could just show up the day of the test and they would just put him through the test. He just needs to pass it. Yes. Um, But, you know, when you do the classes, they kind of give you an idea of what it's going to be like and what a normal program or like a a therapy session would be in general. So Oakley's prepared, right? So he has to be able to do a few commands um, in general. So like a sit, a lay down, a leave it is a big one because if they're in a nursing home and someone drops a pill that's maybe in like a piece of bread or a muffin or something like that, I don't I don't want Oakley eating that. So he needs to he needs to know the leave it command and really respect it and right. just listen immediately, even though it's really yummy food because um, it's dangerous. So right. think about all the things that are in a hospital setting. Yeah, you know there might Kids have been how many too. times have you been to a hospital and there's like a spot of blood on the floor in the yeah. ER, yep. like things like that. You need to be aware of in, in those kind of therapy situations. 
what is the dog going to come into contact with? And you're, you need to be able to have a good, a good, like a good lead. It. You need to yeah, train in a, a good lead, it lead it. so that to, to protect the dog from, from and thankfully Oakley really has that, even though he is such a foodie, which is surprising. Oh, we'll talk about his foodie. tendencies. <laughs> it's when we're not around, but, and when he's anxious, but anyway, so he is really Apple good cider at the donuts. Shh, we will get there. You're so angry. Um, so he has a really good leave it. Um, he has to have a really good, I call it weight, but a lot of other people call it stay. Like he has to be able, like there is a portion of the test where they make you, the handler, drop the leash and like back away from your dog, which isn't, isn't necessarily what would happen in person because you're never supposed to drop the leash, but they want to make sure that you can do it just in case. Um, so he had to have a really good weight. Um, so that's pretty much for the commands, what they need and then obviously being able to walk nicely on a leash and not pulling all over the place. Um, and then it comes down to more of the physicality of things. So um, not being super rough with people, um, you know, not jumping, um, obviously not nipping or biting anybody. These are, these are more of like the obvious things of, of not doing. Um, but like even like play mouthing, like if it's an older person in a in a hospital or in a nursing home, they have much thinner skin and they can they can have a, a cut or a laceration way easier than say a kid or an adult. Um, so they can't they can't under any circumstances kind of do those things. And that leads me to my next point with their paws as well. So like Oakley, if if anybody knows him really well that's listening, he uh, is is an anxious dog. To an extent, it, it's mostly separation anxiety, but he does in social situations get really excited sometimes. And his go-to thing is to give paw, but sometimes it can be a little bit aggressive. So that was one of the things that we had to work on with him when he was in his training that I was going to intercept the paw, right? Because if he brings that paw up and he's got some, he's got some pretty hefty nails. Um, if he scratches somebody, that's going to be a problem because they're they not may, sharp, but they're yeah, large. They're just, he's got just, very big paws. He's they're a big like dog. Little, little, little anchors. And like his, his paw pads are kind of, um, they're kind of rough for whatever reason. So I don't want him scratching anybody. So like that was something that we had to work on. So it was part impulse control. And then also me as his handler, kind of like, catching him right like picking your battles he's a really great dog I'm not going to reprimand him for you know an OCD behavior he has because he's been abused so him bringing that paw up I'll just catch it and I'll hold it I'll hold it for him while the people are petting him or the kids are petting him and he's happy with that so it's it's a combo between the two of you know training obviously but also just knowing your dog and how to help them through the moment um what else they need to be not aggressive. I don't really like using that word, but they have to be not reactive. So like if there's a fire alarm, the dog needs to stay calm um, and not freak out because there's going to be kids running or adults screaming and running around in chaos. And the dog needs to obviously not get overstimulated in those situations or um, they need to be okay around wheelchairs, crutches, uh, walkers, any, anything like that. Um, they need to be okay. Like, let's say, like, two kids are fighting in the hallway, and they're just, like, pushing each other. Like, he needs to be able to stay calm and not get escalated from that emotion or be super protective of me. Like, let's say someone falls into me. Oakley needs to not react back on them. 
or have any, you know, reactivity with that or, or protection over me. Or if someone does actually hit me, you know, he can't react back because that does happen sometimes. We're in re- rehab facilities or nursing homes with people with dementia. Sometimes these things happen. So we need to make sure that the dogs aren't going to react poorly. Um, what else was on that list? The leave it was a big one. Uh, something was dropped. The metal oh, bowl. Oh, loud noises. Um, if like crutches fall or a loud metal bowl is thrown on the ground, like they need to not get super, super jumpy. Kids running. Kids running, screaming. Didn't they bring in like an entire scout troop to yes. run past the dog? Yep. And Oakley was like, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I actually have a PDF of Therapy Dogs International TDI. They're actually based out of Flanders, New Jersey. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't ever know that. even heard of them. Hmm. But um, What's it called? Therapy Dogs International, hmm. and their their mission is to um, really kind of get regulation and testing and selection of registered qualified dogs and handlers for the purpose of visitations to hospitals, nursing homes, and facilities, or any place where therapy dogs are needed. So, like most things in the animal welfare world, there is no regulation, so it's there's only thrill. lawsuits. <laughs> so their test, it, it, it's kind of very, very similar, obviously. Oh, it just banged into the desk. Um, phase one, the dog must wear either a flat buckle or snap-in collar, non-corrective, or a harness non-corrective. All testing must be on a six-foot leash. So I could already tell they're going to be sticklers about things. Mm-hmm. Well, non-corrective means... Well, I'm talking about the fact that it must be a six-foot leash. Oh. You know when they start to get to the nitty-gritty. Yep. Test one, TDI entry table simulated as a hospital reception desk. The dog handler teams are lined up to be checked in, simulating a visit. The evaluator or volunteer coordinator, the evaluator, who is actually the volunteer coordinator, will go down the line of registrants and greet each new arrival, including each dog. At the same time, the collars will be checked, as well as nails, ears, and grooming and lifting of all four paws and tails, which must be lifted if applicable. If the dog has a short crop tail, it should be touched. That's test number one. Test number two, check in and out of sight. The handler will be asked to check in. After the check-in has been completed, the handler will be escorted by a helper to where the handler is supposed to sit. All dogs will be placed in the down position on the handler's left side, keeping teams at least six, at least eight feet apart. Now the handler will start completing the paperwork. Once all teams have been placed, the helpers will ask the handlers if they could hold the dro- their dogs. Now their handlers will leave for one minute. The handlers can give the stay command verbally or by hand signal or both. The handlers can talk to and pet the dogs. The dogs can sit, lie down, stand, or walk within the, the confines of the leash. See, that's, that's the difference between how the SPCA does it. We're never allowed to leave our dogs. Right. Test three, getting around people. As the dog handler team walks toward the patient's room, there will be various people standing around. Some of the people will try visiting with the dog. The dog handler team must demonstrate that the dog can withstand the approach and touching by several people from all sides at the same time and is willing to visit and walk around a group of people. That's what Oakley nails. Mm -hmm. Test four, group sit, stay. The The evaluator will ask all the participants to line up with their dogs in a, mouse is in the way, in a heel position with dog on left or right with eight feet between each team. Now the handlers will put their dogs in a sit, stay, the handlers will give their sit command to the dogs. The evaluator, the evaluator, I'm having trouble today. I know, it's okay. The evaluator will tell the handlers to leave there. Hold on, on to the next page. Leave their dogs. The handlers will step out to the end of their six-foot leash, turn around and face the dogs. 
and wait for the evaluator's command to return to the dogs. The, evalu the evaluator will give the return command immediately. Test five, group down stay. Same as test number four, except dogs will now be in a down stay. Test six, recall on a 20-foot leash. All handlers will be seated. Three dogs at a time will be fitted with a long line. The reason we fit more than one dog with a long line at the same time is to save time. Okay. The handler will continue to hold the six-foot leash while the long line is fitted by a helper. To avoid any kind of incident, the evaluator will make sure that the handler is holding a six-foot leash until the dog has been placed and is ready to be tested for the recall. One handler at a time will take the dog to a designated area, which is out of reach of the other dogs, even with a 20-foot line. The evaluator will then give the command, down your dog. The handler can down the dog either by voice or by hand signal. The evaluator will give the command, leave your dog. The handler will tell the dog to stay either by voice or by hand signal. The handler now will turn away from the dog and walk in a straight line to the end of the 20-foot lead. The handler will turn and face the dog. The evaluator immediately will tell the handler to call the dog. The handler will call the dog either by voice, hand signal, or both. Test 7, visiting with a patient. The dog should show willingness to visit a patient and demonstrate that it can be made readily accessible for petting, i.e. small dogs will be placed in a person's lap or held. Medium dogs will sit in a chair or stand close to the patient to be easily reached, and larger dogs will be standing. Sit in the chair. <laughs> Test eight, testing of reactions to unusual situations. So this is where I feel like a lot of dogs would fail out. Mm -hmm. The dog handler team will be walking in a straight line. The dog can be on either side or slightly behind the handler. The leash must not be tight. The evaluator will ask the handler to have a dog sit. The handler may say sit or use a hand signal or both. Next, the evaluator will ask the handler to down the dog. The handler may say down or use hand signal or both. Next, continuing walking in a straight line, the handler will be asked to make a right, left, and an about turn at the evaluator's direction. The following distractions will be added to the heel on a loose leash. The team will be passing a person on crutches. Someone running by calling, excuse me, excuse me, waving hands. This person is running up from behind the dog. It could also be a person on a bicycle, rollerblades, or a skateboard. Another person will be walking by and drop something, making a loud startling noise. A tin can filled with pebbles or clipboard. In, in the case of Oakley's test, it was a metal water bowl. Mm -hmm. At an indoor test, there may be a running vacuum cleaner, realistic in a facility. Next, the team will be requested to make an about turn and then a left turn. Then the team should be requested to make a right turn going back parallel towards starting point in a straight line. Yeah, this is way more specific on like the turns and right. commands. Test nine, leave it. Part one. The dog handler team meets a person in a wheelchair. The dog should approach the person and visit. The person in the wheelchair, after briefly interacting with the dog, will offer the dog a treat by holding the treat steady in the hand while enticing the dog. The handler must instruct the dog to leave it. It is up to the handler as to what kind of verbal command they use to keep the dog from licking or taking the food. The handler should explain the patient why the dog cannot eat a treat while visiting, i.e. dog has food allergies. Leave it part two. The dog handler will be walking in a straight line with the dog at heel. There will be a piece of food in the path of the dog. The dog is not allowed to lick or eat the food. There should also be a bowl of water in the path of the, of the dog. The dog is not allowed to drink. Test 11. We're almost at the end here. Meeting another dog. A volunteer with a demo dog will, pass, will walk past the dog handler team turnaround and ask the handler a question. After a brief conversation, the two handlers part. Test 12. Entering through a door to visit the facility. A person should be able to go through the entrance ahead of the dog handler team. 
The dog handler team is ready to enter through a door to a facility. The handler first has to put the dog in a sit, stand, or down stay, whatever is most comfortable for the dog. And then test 13, reactions to children. The children will be running and yelling, playing ball, dropping objects, and doing what children usually do while playing. The handler will walk with the dog past playing children. Distance from the children must be at least 20 feet. The dog must lie down beside the handler. The handler will simulate reading a book while the dog is laying down. The dog must have his back to the children. Oh, that's a little silly. Yeah, well. Back to the children? This is their... No, I understand. This is obviously seemingly one of the more strict testing procedures. But like I said, they're based out of New Jersey. So I wouldn't be surprised if you were in the United States. You might encounter these requirements. Yeah. So consider those 13 tests. And consider your dog and see if with a little bit of training, can your dog handle this? With a lot of training, can your dog handle this? Or be realistic and say, maybe maybe this isn't in the, the cards for my dog. Because if your dog isn't a good fit for this, it's going to be a very, very stressful thing. And while you might enjoy it, chances are they're not going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I think that would answer questions as to, like, can my dog become a therapy dog? Now, I guess a couple, a lot of things on there is basic commands. Yeah. You know, like and the it's, recall. And it's impulse control. The, right. And that a lot of that comes with maturity. A lot of that comes with just drilling. So like the recall, the, mm-hmm. the, the heal, the sit, stay, everything is, is things that can be worked on. Um, but for a lot of dogs' reaction to children, if they're reactive, you can probably get them to the point where they're no longer reactive. But if your dog is reactive to children... I don't know that they'd ever be at a point where I would be comfortable with them doing a read-to-dog session. Because they're not innately excited to be around a child. Right. And that's kind of necessary. It's those later things in these tests that I feel like is whether or not your dog would make a good fit, period. And I think that, and even with, you know, the program that we're a part of, we've got to learn, like, Oakley does fine in any situation thankfully he is extremely bomb proof but there are a couple of dogs that went through the program who do really really well with people but don't necessarily do really well around other dogs so those handlers are not going to book themselves for the assemblies or the read to dogs or the the sessions that have other dogs present like they're going to do the one-on-one sessions because they do better not being around dogs. They're not super reactive around dogs, which is one of the requirements. You can't react to another dog, but they're not comfortable. So they're not going to do their best work if there's another dog in the room. So it really depends. Your dog can be a therapy dog if it doesn't uh, excel at all of these things. Amazingly, like if if your dog struggles with one thing, try to avoid that one thing. Um, If they do really, really well with older people, then don't go with the kids. You know what I mean? If it's not their strong suit or maybe they get a little bit overstimulated, um, depending on their, you know, their impulse control, that's something that you work on as a handler. As a handler, I really realized you're in control. You are the one that can manipulate the situation and set your dog up for success, just like in regular training. Right. Uh, so I think, like I said, that uh, should answer everybody's questions on could my dog become one? Well, you missed one part. What's that? Not only does it come down to the training, but more so the personality, like you said, right. um, with, you know, if your dog's not really great If your dog innately kids, doesn't like kids, and that's something that you want to counter condition, I, I'm just not personally me. I'm not comfortable 
with a dog that needed to be counter conditioned just to be around. Oh, kids. exactly. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's another part to this. So, um, that's one, that's the one part, but the other part is, is your dog strong enough to handle other people's deep emotions, which is the number one thing I feel like I need to explain when people see Oakley and they're like, Oh my God, he's so amazing. Can you teach my dog to be like that? And most of the time I say no, because Oakley was born this way. Oakley, yes, he's been abused. And yes, he went through horrible things. That yes and no kind of made him the, the dog that he is today. He, like I've said many times, it's not an offensive way. He is a happy dummy, okay? He lives life with a smile on, okay? He sees the good in absolutely every situation, no matter what has happened to him. He is not hardened from those hardships where some dogs who are really intelligent and are more susceptible to anxiety, like anxiety that makes them reactive. Oakley's not reactive at all. He has separation anxiety, which is very different. Um, those dogs tend to, and I, this is what I call them, they leach emotions. Oakley yeah. does not leech emotions. If How many I'm, times have we seen it with someone who says like, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting a dog because I'm anxious. They're going to be my emotional support animal. And then three months later, the dog is an anxious mess. Hot mess. And like, they take it on. They, they take exactly. on everything. So you have two different types. You have dogs like Oakley who, who are a rock. He like resilient. I'm having a bad day. He acknowledges that I'm having a bad day and that I'm emotional. So he comes over and he wants to give me support. But in turn, that does not make him anxious. It does not make him sad. Right. It doesn't affect him emotionally. He just knows a job needs to be done. But there are tons of other dogs who are friendly, but technically will leech emotions off of a certain person right. and thus become anxious so if, or react. If you're having a bad day and your dog comes to you and like comforts you, but also is, is shaking like two minutes into it and it's just shaking on your lap or something, that would be a dog that's really taking in your emotions and projecting them and probably wouldn't get, not even probably would not be a good fit. Mm -hmm. You know, they, it would make them very unhappy to be a therapy dog. Yeah. Now, I think Tishy could do it. She just needs way more socialization, but she hasn't had any because we've literally got her from, like, in COVID, and she was an outside dog before. But she's wonderful with kids and people. Um, she's a tiny bit of a leech, but I think it more so comes to me. Like, she's very attached to me, but I think with other people, I don't think she's a leech. Yeah. I haven't seen her enough in those social situations to know that for sure yet. Um the only thing that would worry me about her is that she does tend to get a little overstimulated. But again, I've never seen her in a group of kids, so I don't know if she would do that. It's it's more so with, with people. Like if I'm petting her and stuff like that or like giving her kisses and like rolling her up, which, you know, some kids do, she'll go to kiss me and like she'll kind of snap at the air, but it's it's lovingly. She right. just gets excited. Um, so I don't know if she would do that to anybody else, but that would be something that we would have to work on right. in our own time. I don't. I don't know that we would put her through that. No, she's she's old at this point. I think she's just happy enjoying her life. But I always think about it. I was thinking about it the other night when I was with Oakley. I was like, I wonder how Tishy would do in this situation because she really loves kids and she loves people. Yeah. She loves affection, so. Yeah, it would be nice to see one day, but I think she's a little out of her prime. I know. 
my li- my little geriatric girl. So we alluded to it, but um, is a therapy dog a service dog? No. No. Not at all. You you cannot go into a restaurant. You cannot uh, go to places where pets are not allowed. A therapy dog is a pet. You know what it was? Um, Joanne, who who runs um, the therapy program at the SPCA, I love her. Um, She put it really well for the kids. Service dogs service a person, and they have a specific need for that one person. Where therapy dogs, their handler, like you said earlier, is not in need. Mm -hmm. So them going into specific place is not a necessity. Right. Because their handler is not the one that needs them. Right. So I don't know if that helps a little and bit And then more. Th- so just to clarify, that other side of the coin would be an emotional support animal. And an emotional support animal, at least for now, I don't know if it'll ever change, but an ES, they're called ESAs, are not service dogs. And no. do not get, are not protected by the American Disabilities Act. Um, if you have an ESA, it, you can't go on a, on, a, on a plane with your dog. You, at least you shouldn't be. Obviously, people still find ways to dupe. Um, flight attendants and I think people just have become really accustomed to throwing hissy fits yeah to get what they want yeah which I'm really I I am like I'm not always the funnest person to talk to about this because it really does irk me when people try to get their dogs to be certified as something just to get them to go somewhere because there are so many people who truly need their dogs with them Mm -hmm. and they get questioned and harassed because right. there are so many people that are trying to pull the wool exactly. over everybody's eye. And you're, you're exploiting the ADA. Not cool. Not cool. Like, so. believe me, I would love to have Oakley with me everywhere I go, but it's not a necessity. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to abuse that. Now, <coughs> if somebody invites us into a restaurant or a place that right. normally doesn't allow. There's been times allow, where, like, we've, been, we've tried to sit outside somewhere. And it and starts raining. They, yeah, or, or they, yeah, that's that's one thing that happened to us. It started raining, and they said, well, is he a service dog? He said, no, he's a therapy dog. He's not a service dog. And they said, let me talk to my manager. So I talked to the manager. And they put us by the door. And the, the manager door. made an exception and put us by the door, and, and everything was fine. So, like, it's not a, a protected class. So you don't you don't get to just say, well, it's a, it's a service dog. It's not a service dog. It's a therapy dog. And... While they still perform a very important job, the job that they're performing is not potentially life-saving. And it's also, like, scheduled. This is, like, a thing. Like, okay, so Oakley is certified by the SPCA, right? Mm -hmm. They are the ones that are supplying the insurance. Mm -hmm. So if I'm taking some uh, Oakley somewhere saying he's a therapy dog, that needed to be approved by the SPCA, and they needed to be aware of it. I just can't take him wherever I want and say, oh, he's a therapy dog. He's certified and, and insured underneath the SPCA. Right. Because that's not how it works. Yeah. Like any place that we go, school, hospital, nursing home, rehab, there has been tons of paperwork done that's been filled out. Everything's been scheduled. Waivers like, done. Exactly. Like everything's been done already. I just can't take him wherever I want and say, oh, he's a therapy dog. He's fine. I'm insured. Because I'm not. It needs to be an approved session. Right. So, and that's, that's also what's different between a therapy dog and a service dog. Service dogs are, they're good to go all they're the time. They're performing a job. So like they're, let's say they're monitoring blood sugar levels, right? Yeah. If someone's in a restaurant they have their service dog, that's going to alert them for low blood sugar. That job, that dog is always doing a job. Mm-hmm. It's there to protect them from passing out or going into, um, uh, diabetic shock. 
meanwhile, your therapy dog's just there to watch you eat. <laughs> or stare at the food. So you know, the the emotion I had when you just said that, like that dog is working all the time, I like immediately got exhausted. I'm like, oh my God, that poor dog. That's it's that's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. The training is done reward based. So every they're enjoying the you know, the entire thing. I know. Every part of it. It's a it's a very big responsibility. I can't even imagine it. So we uh posted on Instagram certified Lover dogs. Is that what I said? Yeah. Certified yeah. lover dogs. A little play on Drake's new album. Certified good boys or something. Was it? Let me see. I don't know. Cause certified lover dogs. I changed well, you it. You changed it. It was yeah. supposed to just I be Oakley. I told you. It was just Oakley, but then I was like, you know what? This would look better with the actual, all three of them with the PU logo. And now people are saying they want this as a sticker. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That can be arranged. I literally have sticker mule up on my on my um, screen right now. What the that? Sticker Mule. What is that? So it's a company that prints stickers, not a sponsor. You would know that. What do you mean I would know you that? Love your I, I have like seven brands. <laughs> so I literally have. John see. really likes to start companies. Yeah, I just don't like the end game. Fifty of them, fifty-eight dollars. That's well, pretty. Maybe good. we could do them like a promo or something. Cool. Get send them out to people for free. I like it. And. uh I don't know. Subscribe to our YouTube channel in return for one of these or something. It's all live. Yeah. Top of my head. <laughs> it works for me. <sighs> we got more cats. Should we talk about that oh real yeah. quick? We got two more cats today. <laughs> two more barn cats. Did you know it's International Podcast Day? Is it really? Yeah. We missed that. Well, at least we're recording on International Podcast Day. Okay. Well, it'll be posted tomorrow. September 30th. So, late. yeah. Now it's Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah, we got two more cats because Salem seemed to be. She's lonely. Very lonely. At, she kept at the coming front up door. On the, on the deck. She had nine acres to walk around on. And, and she, she walked all the way from the barn to the house and just sat on the deck and would like meow at the door. And so Scratch it's getting it. really, really pathetic. But she's. But only in the last week. Yes. But she is not. It's important to remember that she is a barn cat. She's not a good fit to be in a home. She would probably destroy all the furniture. Um, she gets very easily overstimulated mm-hmm. where she'll bite you if she's overstimulated. Not like in a mean way. She just no. doesn't know what to do. But she's, she's, o- she's, un- she's not right. socialized. So don't properly. say that we're mean for not letting her in the house. She's literally. <laughs> she literally attacked my ankle the other day for no reason. <laughs> she's basically feral. Well, yeah. She's, ha- I, I call her half feral. Yeah. Um, but, but she's very sweet. Yes. She's not aggressive. But like. She's the cat that like follows you around and like brushes up against you. But when you go to pet her for more than three pets, you, you're getting swatted. Yeah. You know, she just doesn't know what to do with the love, even though she wants it. So I'm assuming she'll get better with time. Yeah. And with maybe some friends. Yeah. So we got her. So we got Salem, some friends, Hocus and Pocus. They were Baby Girl and Sally. And those yeah. names did not fit them at all. No. So now they are Hocus and Pocus. Welcome to Halloween land. Yes. Everything is Halloween So now here. we have six animals. Yeah, soon to be ten. Yeah. Jeez. Pig and goats. Eleven if you count the baby. Because <laughs> he's I'm been sure a wild man. He has been. He has been a Tasmanian devil lately. But um, but Hocus and Pocus, they, we just got them earlier today. Um, they are in their crates for two weeks, possibly a little bit more. For Hocus. For Hocus, because she's we, a little we hate bit more. This part. Yeah, this but part sucks. This is the part where we were told to but it stop worked. having emotions about it. It worked, though. Like, yeah. Salem has not run off 
once. Yeah, a few people asked on social media, like, why does she need to be created? Like, what's what's the story with that? And basically, I guess the way it was. Listen, we're not cat experts. This is the, not the at podcast all. for dog people. We're I, just I know doing that, what I know that even right now, we're we're probably spreading it thin here. But um, apparently, they have like the, for lack of a better word, it's an internal GPS that's going to help them get home every time. And if you don't force them to stay where you want them to be for like two weeks, their GPS doesn't run off. Doesn't like really like update their home address. (laughs) So the two weeks gives them time to adjust to this new place, make it feel like home, understand that I'm going to be fed here. I'm going to be safe here. And these are my shelter. These are my water, food, everything I need, my toys. And then hopefully fingers crossed at the end of the two weeks, you let them out, they get freedom and they come back at night. It worked worked like a charm for her. Yeah. And you saw me how nervous I was. If anybody saw on our Instagram story, I, I pretty much recorded the first two, three hours of her being out of the crate. And like, she like ran out of the barn. And I was like, please don't run off. <laughs> please, yeah. I'll cry. And then she went into the woods and you thought it was over. And then she like came out from oh, behind the Oh, that was so funny. And booked it. So she was like in the woods and I'm like by like the fence. And I'm like talking to her. I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm like, oh my God, please don't go anywhere. And then I can like see her. Like she's like, in between the bushes and stuff. And then I see her like eyes lock on me from like inside the bush. And then she just darts out past me and like runs off. Like she was being funny and she went right back to the barn. And I was like, wow, that was incredible. And like for, for John and I, especially me, cause you know, I think I worry more than he does. Um, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like being a dog mom the last thing I ever want to do, especially if you guys are, are you know, longtime listeners, I am not pro animals being off leash ever. No. It's not my thing. I don't like it. I think it's it. You're you're playing with fire. And like, that's different with cats. Like, that's not the same. I still don't think a house cat should be outside. No, I agree. I think your house cat. They weren't trained inside, for that, especially if especially if they're declawed. Yes. Which isn't that illegal. Now it is. Yeah. Oh. But there's still a bunch, you know, think about the lifespan of, of a house cat. I, oh, some true. of them go over 20 years. True. So you got to think somebody, I think it was like three years ago that declawing made, was made illegal two, three years ago. Oh, so majority so of cats could You can have like another 17 years of getting your hands on a cat through rescue yeah. that is declawed. Mm-hmm. And if you let your declawed cat outside, I just think that's cruel. I agree. And that, if you don't know why, it's because they can't defend themselves. They can't escape. That's all they got. They can't climb up trees. Um that's not right but in the case of salem hocus and pocus all three of them should have been euthanized Mm -hmm. the the reason why they ended up here was because they were going to be euthanized so if living it up in the barn and getting to run around outside all day and play and roll in the dirt and chase mice if uh I, i think that beats euthanasia i think that beats a lot of other scenarios yeah but like I remember when we had Salem out that first day or that second day, we were just kind of like watching her, like spending some time with her outside. And she just looked so happy. Like she was like looking off into the fields and like just perusing around and rubbing in the, in the sand and the rocks and like just living life. She just looked happy. Like she had her whole world ahead of her. I'm worried about Hocus and Pocus. Why? They look grumpy. Well, they don't, they don't look as, uh, Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as Salem did? Even when we first got her, like, she came right out of the carrier into the crate, was, like, rubbing up against the crate. Hey, touch me. Come pet me. And, you know, she was really sweet. She was taking treats from us. 
The other two, they're terrified. Well, there's also two of them, so that's probably overwhelming. And Salem's there, hissing at them. <laughs> that didn't happen until over- later. It's overwhelming. Think about that. Salem was completely by herself. There was nobody else in the in the barn. It was just us. You know, they now the two of them are across each other. They're they're bunking up their roommates, and they're like, "What the hell just happened? Where the hell am I?" But I mean, they're not they're not being awful. They're mm-hmm. just kind of like laying on their beds, like looking at us. Um, Pocus, when I put the wet food in, immediately started eating it. Pocus was a little bit like, mm, "I'm gonna eat this when you leave, lady." Get not ready here. yet. Go on. Which scram. is fine. And then Salem came into the room and she was just hissing at everything, which Leanne said is completely normal. So I'm yeah. not going to take she's that. She's never, ever hissed. She's for never us. hissed at us ever, but apparently they do that. I guess, I mean, obviously we know a lot more about dogs and, and I don't even like the word, but dominance and stuff like that. But I think it's different in the cat world. So she's just letting them know it's my house. Hey. Hey. Don't forget. You're the one in the crate. <laughs> I hope she sleeps in her room tonight. I hope she doesn't like avoid them at all costs, though. We'll see. Did you shut the light off in there? I did. We'll see in the morning. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see if I can find my outro music this time. It's very it? low. I know it is because we got to talk over it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. First try because it's literally where it should be. It's where been it's always been. It's it's, it's always been there. I haven't changed it. Literally it's literally the last button on, on my right. on my thing. So, like, the last one in order, but I'm like, oh, maybe I'll press the second one. John is the worst at finding everything. Don't even start. We'll talk about that next week. (laughs) Yeah. Happy October. Spooky season. As far as I'm concerned, October 1st is the start of the holiday season. Yes. Call me crazy. I don't care. This is when you start seeing the lights on people's houses. Your dad did their house. It looks good. You're going to see it. Yeah. Um, You'll see it this weekend. Um, that's all we have for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. We hope you learned something about therapy dogs. If you want to follow us on Instagram at Possum University, we are finally getting some videos up on YouTube. So find us on YouTube, Possum University. All those links are in the show notes. And uh, if you're enjoying this content, you could buy us a coffee, buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum. Until next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>